Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Welcome to episode number 102 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. Today, Katina Peters and I are talking to you about playing the long game in your business. Welcome, Katina. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this episode. As always, it's always fun for Megan and I to get together and podcast. Now that I've been doing it for a while, it was not so fun when we first started. <laughs> and I was super nervous and not sure how to go about things, but but now it's a it's an enjoyable experience. It's fun to come in and be able to talk to each other and talk to you guys about some of the things that can help your business. So I'm glad it's gotten more fun over the, the past couple of years that we've been doing it. I, it's crazy to think back. Like we've already been doing this since the end of 2019, right. which is crazy. But and that the fact that it took over a hundred episodes for us to feel more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hard. It's hard to feel the pressure of being recorded, even if, if it's not live. It's just it's weird having mm-hmm. a conversation that sounds relaxed and keeping it more casual and comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's different when you hit the record button. It's something in your brain goes, oh no. I know. You turn into a robot or something. You're right. like, that's what I do anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the natural human reaction, I mean, in yeah. general. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we've kind of gotten over that hump and it's now yes, sure. a little more fun and, <laughs> and fun to do. Absolutely. So I know we found this this great Forbes article, actually, when we were prepping for this episode. And I know you found this this quote that you wanted to start off with. You want to read it for us? Yeah, absolutely. So it says playing the long game means paying a small price today to make tomorrow's tomorrow simpler. If you can do this long enough to get results, it will feed on itself. So great, great quote from that Forbes article that just kind of puts it in a nutshell as to why it makes sense, you know, what we're talking about here. So yeah, and we'll link that article in our show notes for today's episode. It's called Why Playing the Long Game Can Be Your Competitive Advantage. And we found a couple cool resources that we'll link for you in those show notes. But we just wanted to talk to you about, you know, the benefits of looking ahead and and kind of keeping that end in mind as you're operating throughout your day, your week, your month, your quarter, you know, because it, it matters for sure. So to kick us off, we want to set us, ourselves up for success. We want to make sure that we're keeping that end goal in mind. So what do you suggest is probably like the best way to to start doing that? And it's hard, I think, in today's world to keep that in mind too, especially with the internet and access to things and we can get things so quickly. And, you know, it, our yeah. brains are, have been kind of trained to have that instant gratification mindset. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all the social media, all the quick, I mean, everything's quick response right at your fingertips all the time, for yep. sure. So like Megan said, we we want to take kind of this long view of things. So I think part of that is 
even getting started or as you're in your business, just setting up these realistic expectations of things. And and some of that can come back to, again, you know, as VCFOs, we do our financial modeling and our forecasting for our clients and and really looking at the numbers behind what you're doing in a business. And I think sometimes that can help really pull it all together. Like you have a vision, you have the idea of what you want to do, you have, you know, how you want to go about it, who you need to have on your team. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I think sometimes it's looking at what's the true impact of that. You know, if you if you have this many patients or this many clients and your average billing and, you know, kind of pulling that all together, because I think sometimes we have a different view in our minds until we sit down and put it on paper, so to speak. And then we go, oh, okay, that's not what I had thought, you know, bad or good, whatever it is, a lot of times it's different. And that can really help us plan and have a more realistic outlook. So first of all, I think that's very helpful in playing the long game is having that realistic outlook from at least a financial perspective, but it all kind of plays together. So I just wanted to bring that up, too, because you want to make sure you're kind of going into things, you know, if you're starting a business with open mind, going into things as you're growing your business with that, not just open mind, but that realistic, you know, viewpoint of where you are and where you're trying to get and how that might look from a financial perspective. So as Megan said, setting ourselves up for success and not immediate gratification so that in the long haul, it feeds back into itself, right? That's what it was saying in that Forbes article. It's going to take some laying the groundwork and pulling things together and doing all that. But once you get through that, it's going to start feeding back into itself and create a much more successful business. So I think one of the things that we've talked about before, but in in considering this, is getting a team in place to support the business. You know, I know we've talked about, I'm an attorney, I'm a dentist, I'm a whatever it is your trade is (laughs) that you're working on going into and you're really just the doer, right? You're servicing the clients, the patients, you know, whoever it is that that's your customer, but you're, you know, you're the one man show a lot of times getting started. But the faster that you can start, you know, bringing a team in and maybe that means you're sacrificing a little bit of your own income to add that team member to pay them, right, to be part of your team. The, the sooner you can start building that team, building, you know, marketing team, building an operations manager, director, you know, adding an assistant, those kinds of things are what are going to, again, come back and feed the business in because you're you're kind of ahead of your scaling. So you're you're hiring ahead and then you're you're able to scale more and more comfortably without working five million hours and making yourself crazy. So I think that's a big thing that I see a lot of times in working with our clients that are in that growth phase is that they didn't take the long view and hire those people. And and now they're scrambling trying to hire those people trying to keep the business up where it is, which is really more than they can handle. So if we can do that on the onset, you know, plan it in your plan, your business plan, your financial model. Okay, I'm going to hire this person at this point. That's what it's going to look like. You know, so many sales, so many hours, excuse me, I'm putting in what we're doing there. That's going to make a big difference. So I think that's a big, big component to look at. Yeah. And I think that's a, that, it, it sounds so easy, you know, the way that you say it and like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It seems almost common sense, right? But I think that's where working with an advisor or CPA or CFO or 
legal help, any anything like that can really help you because even someone who feels like a planner and feels like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've put a business plan together. I feel like I can, you know, figure this out. You don't know what you don't know. So when you get, you start getting these questions about, well, at that revenue, you know, how many salespeople do you need? Like those little details that maybe you didn't consider, or, you know, it, it just depends on what your background is, but that matters a lot. <laughs> and it's not just about your vision and what you want to achieve and what you want to give back to the world. Those are all so crucial and so important. But without this piece that an advisor can give you by asking those questions and having that inquisitive nature and helping you think through that long-term picture, the chances of success are a lot lower because you don't have the tools that you need to be able to plan like that. Right. And I think, again, we need to, as business owners, remember to get ourselves out of our trade and business and build a business. We're in the business of building a business now. Yes, that involves our trader business, obviously, and there's different you know, things that we need to consider based on our industry, et cetera. But we need to make sure we're taking that step back, strategically looking at things, planning, because now we need to be in the business of building a business, not just offering a trader service if we want to scale and grow. So one of the other things that we found really interesting in that same, I can't remember if it was that Forbes article, we'll link to everything in there. And it speaks to the immediate gratification and kind of how our culture and society has moved toward this was this Stanford marshmallow test. And if you're involved in psychology or you know, you're interested in that, you may have heard about, about this already, but they conducted a study at Stanford and they put small children in a room with a marshmallow for 10 minutes. And they promised, they said, okay, if you can leave this alone and don't eat it, we'll come back in 10 minutes and you get two marshmallows. But if you eat it, you obviously only get the one. So they were thinking, oh, you know, the kids can wait 10 minutes. But it was actually only 30% of the kids who were able to wait the 10 minutes to get the second marshmallow. Because the kids are sitting there like having to stare at this one marshmallow for 10 whole minutes. And I, I have to say, I have I want to look into this further to see like what the ages of the kids were that they did this test on. Because I know for sure my yeah. four-year-old would just grab the marshmallow and eat it. Like, no, no <laughs> right. I was like, they, These people that had children or... <laughs> right. <laughs> Like by the time they're like seven, eight, I think they can like out, you know, weigh out the the benefits of okay, ten minutes isn't that long, you know, like their reasoning skills get a little better. Right. So I did yeah. I did not look at the ages of the children. And I think that would be an interesting thing to look at. But it just goes to show like how many of our society, because it's it's definitely longer than 10 minutes you have to wait for your business. <laughs> It's a rare thing. You know, you look at working out and taking care of your body. That's a long-term thing. Like you have to put in the work every single day to reap the benefits of that. You know, business is the, the same exact way. Finances, like there's a lot in our world that operates this way, but there's so few people that are, that have the, the will or discipline to be mm -hmm. able to do that. Right. Yeah. And we, we definitely have to to work ourselves through that and make sure that we do have that discipline and that long term. I'm going to this is sometimes a plot and sometimes it's you know less rewarding than we'd like it to be immediately or what have you. But knowing where we're headed 
helps, you know, to be like, okay, yes, this is what it is, but we're headed here and that's going to really help, which I think kind of folds into our, our next topic of discussion with relation to this, which is visualization. You know, we talked a little about having the vision, but really visualizing, not just, oh, this is my vision, you know, it's just, just a couple sentences, but really thinking yeah. through what is what is your business going to look like in that future? And maybe that's even just three to five years. I mean, it's hard to to sometimes go beyond maybe that scope, or maybe you can, maybe you're really good at that and you can, but you know, what does that, that business really look like? What does it mean? What's its impact to you personally at that point too? Like, okay, what are you going to be maybe work? How many hours you're going to be working? What kind of payroll do you think you'd would like to be at or income that you'd like to be at what does that mean for your life you know personally what kind of personal things you know are you looking to achieve you know whether it's retirement or vacationing and traveling or you know we've talked about those things but really you know taking that visualization to the next level you know see feel the future of what it's going to be because that also is going to be a great thing to go back to and especially i i personally would say like you know write it down do a recording of yourself talking about it, something that you can go back to, <laughs> whatever, you know, you prefer. Because I think, you know, when things get tough, when things are a little overwhelming and a little stressful, which is going to happen, it's it's just the way that it is. And when you're in a growing business, you can kind of go back to that and say, okay, here's, this is why I'm doing this. Let's revisit this. Let's re-energize myself to this long-term vision and what it's going to be. So that's what I would suggest for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. So bringing this back to business, because it's easy to start applying this to all areas of life, right? Like it's very applicable. Amazing how it all ties together in life. No matter what it is in life that we're doing, there's a lot of similar strings of things going through that for sure. Yeah, totally. So bringing it back to business, how do we start building that value in our business, even from the beginning? Because it's not never too early to do that, right? Even if you're just starting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, again, we want to keep in mind that, you know, like we said, you're building a business and, you know, typically people that own their own businesses, the biggest asset that they own is their business. <laughs> and a lot of go- a lot goes into it and uh, and it's there. But you want to make sure that 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 asset is of value to someone else down the line, right? So you you have to build a business with that in mind. You know, what's the value of your business overall? It, no one's going to buy a business that's all you, right? Like, I can't be you, Megan. I just, you know, it's right. not going to work. Like, I can't just step in and be you and, you know, expect that things are going to go well because we're all very different. Mm-hmm. People, you know, different relationships are different, things like that. So, as an investor coming in to buy a business, I'm going to be looking at the structure of the business, <clears throat> the people, the processes in place, the systems in place, because that's really valuable, right? So I'm not coming in just trying to replace this one person and be this one person and they're, you know, everything's in their head. And, you know, that's really hard to translate, right, in a sale situation right. if you're selling the business or, you know, maybe selling it to up and coming partner investors as they're coming up, they're going to be looking at how did they take over and it's still going to be a, a business that is viable and making the same amount of money and, you know, and there's people and infrastructure and systems and all that's already in place. So you want to keep that in mind really throughout your business. And again, having a plan, <laughs> having a, a financial forecast that goes into it too, because you can say, hey, look, a potential buyer <laughs> or what right. have you. I have this plan. I have this forecast. This is what it, it 
it would do. This is the people that I have in place. It, it really, you know, sells that business right at a, a top dollar value because then they really can step into something that's that's kind of running itself. Yes, they still have to be in charge and decisions have to be made, but there's so much in in there already that's in place that they're buying. That's what what potential buyers are looking for. So you want to build that. And again, it's going to, you know, have these couple fold things. It's still going to feed into itself. Like as you still own it, likely you're going to reap the rewards first, but then you also have that, you know, at some point, if you're going to retire out or, you know, what have you, you can bring other people in, you can sell the business outright, you know, maybe you have children that want to take it over, what have you, but you want to, you know, have all this lined out as you're growing the business and working on it. So Cool. All right. So in addition to keeping the end in mind and having a strong vision, it may be hard if you do have this solid foundation that you're building on and you have this firm vision of what it's supposed to be in the future to also take into consideration what's happening in the now. So how do you do that? (laughs) You can't get so stuck on your vision and your plan that you ignore, you know, you put your head in the sand and ignore everything that's going on around you. You definitely need to have, you know, a pulse on the industry that's, you know, what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the economy, you know, how is that going to impact you? What are you, you know, going back to your SWOT analysis, what are the opportunities and threats out there? Because you do need to be able to pivot within that vision to make different decisions, you know, delay decisions, maybe have plan B, talked about that before, those kinds of things, with still kind of that end vision in mind, but that that will maybe change a little over time. That's why, again, looking at maybe the three to five year for most times, you know, and the way things change in this world is a good idea, but you still want to, yeah, not be so, you know, stuck and not and have such a grip on that <laughs> that you're not able to see when you need to pivot and make decisions in the interim based on what's going on, you know, outside of your control. For sure. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. You still need to be able to pivot and shift when necessary. Yeah, I think Blockbuster is always one one of the examples that comes up as, well, we want to stick to our, our current business plan. That's that's how we do business. And if you hold on so firm to that and don't try to see what's going on in the industry, that's what can happen. So just remembering you're not doing business in a vacuum. That's it's so important that people aren't just going to come to you because you've always been a big name, right? Like things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely have to keep that competitive advantage and, you know, just, you know, be aware of things that are going on around you for sure. And it's good, again, if you set aside that time to strategically plan to do a SWOT analysis, because we're all busy in the day to day and we can get just mired in the details. So I think that we, it's just important to have those stopping points, like, forced into your calendar. And I I would say just forced because (laughs) everybody's calendar gets full, but you got to put it in the calendar, stop and step back because that's when you catch those things more readily. Like you may catch them in the news or, you know, things that are going on, but, Mm -hmm. but you really take the time to process through and think about how the impact's going to impact your business, yourself, et cetera, at least at those times of the year and hopefully more often, but at least if you're doing it on, on a schedule where it's always happening at some point, you're at least mm-hmm. going to be that much further along. If you're, you know, running from thing to thing on the hamster wheel constantly, you, you don't have that 
stop mental stop to just stand back and think about things and and you know look a little bit into the future and say oh this is coming I better better make a change better do something differently than what I originally thought yeah I think that's that's an important point to make it an intentional thing that you're doing because if you keep saying oh I need to do that I need to do that we never do it so definitely make make time to be intentional about what's happening around you so in addition to that, I want to ask you for some more tactical things. Like what are some other resources that we can provide for our listeners to start making changes and start building that value long-term in the business? Yeah, I think there's this uh, book by David Jen- Jennings, Jennings, J-E-N-Y-N-S, and we'll link <laughs> to it. I think it's Jennings, called Systemology. So in addition to kind of having that team in place, we talked a, a tiny bit mentioned systems, but that's another really great area to build, right? And that's processes, procedures, technology, you know, whatever it is that's in your business, systemizing as much as possible, making it as efficient as possible in order to, again, just raise that value of the business. And one thing I wanted to bring out specifically in the book, which there's lots of other great information in there, but he talks about these four stages of business systemization, which I thought was definitely interesting and and wanted to bring up here. They're the kind of the four S's. They're all S words. (laughs) So it's survival, stationary, scalable, and saleable. So as you can see, just looking at the last one, like we talked about, you know, kind of having that in value that you can sell at some point. He talks about that. So, I mean, at first, when you're first getting the business going, you're kind of in survival mode, right? Like you're, you're just getting stuff started. You're trying to get clients, patients, customers, et cetera. You know, you're kind of in that survival mode and and you're doing hopefully still some pre-planning, some strategic things, but you don't have as many resources yet, right? To bring in right. everything that you'd like. So you're kind of in that survival mode. And then you go into kind of a stationary mode where you're okay so you've kind of leveled and you have a pretty you know decent recurring revenue stream going on and you've added a couple of people things like that so now you're kind of able to keep and maintain well but you're not yet at that level like you're all at kind of capacity you didn't really maybe spend the time to go into putting all the systems in place and documenting everything and and you know really thinking ahead and those kinds of things so you're likely going to struggle with growth there because you you really are kind of at capacity with what you've built so far and in order to scale any bigger you have to if you haven't already put the people and the processes in place for the scalability step so that's kind of the next phase is that scalable business so that's where you have to really again come back to your strategic thinking and be like okay to get to the next level i need what so and you have to start kind of a lot of times reinvesting in the company if you hadn't done that from the beginning and saying okay I need to like maybe let go of a little bit of the profits and put them back into hiring more people getting more systems in place spending extra time we all know putting a new system in place takes lots of time and effort (laughs) at least most of us do (laughs) so we just went through one of those ourselves so yes we get it but you have to do those kinds of things periodically to help you get to that next level. So that's where you're getting into the scalable. So once you're kind of through laying that foundation, getting the right people in place, not that you won't hire more people along the way as you scale, but getting certain key people in place, getting certain key systems and procedures in place so that you can start plugging more people in that are servicing 
much more easily because it's not all in someone's head. It's in a system. It's documented. Somebody else can come in and learn that quickly and move. You know, that's what we're talking about. So that scalable part. And then you can just, and you would just see that's exactly when it's going to come back to you. It's going to just scale, 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 and it's going to be efficient. And that's when you're going to see a lot of that. And saleable, of course, if you're doing all this, it makes the business much more saleable. (laughs) So you can sell it at some point and get top dollar for building a great business. So then you're in the sellable phase of the business and that can last for a while. I mean, maybe you're not ready to sell yet, but you're kind of in that phase. And of course, you know, running in, and being in business means you're constantly changing things anyway. But if you're kind of in that phase of now you've got a good foundation, a good solid business that's grown, it has a good record of growth and record of profitability and all those kinds of things, then you can, you know, be in that phase until you're ready to exit. However, that looks for you as a business and a business owner. Perfect. Well, hopefully we've given our listeners some things to think about. And I think we have some great resources too. Like I said, we're going to link to all these articles, the systemology book that we mentioned, and that that study as well. So hopefully all of those resources and tactics can help you learn how to leave the marshmallow so that you can ultimately get your two <laughs> that you deserve. <laughs> so, Christina, as we wrap up here, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? I think, again, it's just just be encouraged, I guess, a little bit. I feel like this is part of the two, like the long game's worth it and it works out really well. So sometimes it, it can be a struggle, but, you know, get the uh, get the people you need, get the advisors you need to help you build that picture so you know where you're going because that's going to really create a lot of clarity for you on how to go about this because, Megan, as you said, there's all these things that you have to start thinking about and putting together and they'll help you kind of through that process. And I think that would really just create that clarity. So, you know, you have that roadmap now where you're going with this long game, and then you can be more again, encouraged and motivated to continue to, to work to that end goal. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the cultivating business growth podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.